91, Psalms 91, and uh, we'll be going through pretty much the entire chapter, but we'll be doing it sections at a time, so we'll be doing that. So just want to welcome you here tonight. We'll have a good time of Bible study, and we'll have a good time of prayer, and that'll be led by, Dar uh, I said, almost said Dr. Dave, Brother Dave Fawcett. <laughs> So we'll be doing that tonight. Okay, so as we get started, why don't we just uh, begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin our study tonight. Father God, we just love you, and we thank you for this night. And we ask, Lord, as we look into your word, that you might be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path, and just uh, illumine your word to us tonight. We just pray this in your son's name. Let us all say Amen. Okay. So I have 26 slides, and 26 slides, 40 minutes, that's what? You know, somewhere in the neighborhood. Minute and a half, a slide, somewhere along in there. I don't think I'm going to make it if I get interrupted by Mr. Brown again. He's not listening to me. <laughs> Never mind. So um, let us take a look at the text. Psalms 91, we'll look at verses 1 through 6 first, and then we'll be in the rest of it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So, one of the things I would like to just share with you is that many have quoted this wonderful character of the psalm. This psalm is one of the greatest possession of the saints. G. Campbell Morgan made that statement. One another by Charles Spurgeon. In the whole collection, there is not a more cheering psalm. Uh-oh. Why is that off to one side? Okay, I can see it. That's all right. You guys, that's too bad. So... Should I, let me, <laughs> I didn't mean that, that came out wrong. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show and, and start it back up again. But uh, I don't, it's not, yeah, screen's not working right for some reason. Pardon me? Well, but when I hit presentation, it's supposed to go full screen, and it's not. Hmm. Let's see if I can manipulate this. I hate to do that. I want you guys to be able to see what I'm seeing and hear what I'm saying and all of that good stuff. So am I going the right way? Yeah, going the right way. Down a little bit, down, down, down. Okay. So the only problem is I can't see my notes, but that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll get past that. 
Okay. My past. Say, pardon me? There is a lot to be said for paper and pen. Wow. I'm getting it tonight. Okay. <laughs> a little bit about my past. I love motorcycles. Love them. I don't like Harleys. I like Honda and Kawasaki. I love swimming in the ocean. I love working with fire. I, I'm a hunter. I hunted deer, pheasant, dove, you name it. I shot it. I guess that's what you get for living out in Wyoming and doing something. I love jumping from high heights. And uh, one of the things I love more than anything else is taking my children and throwing them in the air as high as I could throw them. And then, you know, then turn around and catch them. That was, I was adventurous. In my future, I want to do skydiving. But the reality is that the older I get, Miss Laurie, I'm a little bit more careful now. <laughs> Ladder fell from the roof. Let me tell you just a quick story. When we had first moved to town, I uh, got up on the roof, and it was a windy day, and I was inspecting the roof of the house we bought, and I was up there, and I heard the ladder go, shh, bang. And I looked over the edge of the roof, and there my ladder was on the ground. Angie was not home. My neighbors were not home. I sat on the roof for 45 minutes before one car passed by. And I waved and I yelled, and it just kept going. Another hour. Now, in my younger days, I'd have just jumped. But that day, I, I kept thinking, I was like, if I jump, I could break an ankle. If I stay here, I'm going to freeze today. <laughs> it was a cold fall evening, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And finally, my neighbor came home. And I've been up there two and a half, almost three hours. And I said, Scott, Scott. And he, he waved. <laughs> I said, no, 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 Scott, God. And he went, what, what is it? I said, my ladder. So does he come right over to help me? No, he starts laughing. <laughs> I don't really know him. I just met him like two weeks before, just moved there. But I thought about just grabbing hold to the side of the roof and just going down and then releasing. And I'd only drop, you know, six, eight foot. I could handle that. Six, eight foot, piece of cake. But for some reason... I was just a little scared of doing that. So I, I, I decided I better not jump. <laughs> There's something about security. Nationwide security has become the primary issue in personal choice and public policy. I can remember when Europe started putting cameras up everywhere, and I thought, what an invasion of privacy. And now, I think it's a pretty good idea. And so, uh, while we should take reasonable measures to protect our family and others, we can trust God to strengthen 
help us out. Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, and He is my, and in Him will I trust. When we look at these things, we understand that God cares for all who put their trust in him. And by putting our trust in him, we come to the point in our lives where we can under... Okay, there it is, perfect. <laughs> we come to the understanding that he cares for us. And more than anything else, he is the most high. He is the almighty. He is the Lord. And he is our God. And we can address him in any of these four attributes here. And as we look at those attributes, we begin to understand a couple of things. First of all, that he is the most high. He is above all other gods. I'm taking a course right now in college called The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. Fascinating. Totally fascinating. How Rome, as it conquered other countries and other people, would collectively bring in their cultures and their gods. And it, they did this over a span of hundreds of years. Five or six millennia had passed and they had done this. And so what I thought was really interesting is that the writer of this book is not a Christian, but what he said was this. He said, Rome, who reverenced all other gods, Jupiter, Zeus, he, they, he named them all off, and we, we have been going through categorically each god little g, and he said this, but the fall of Rome came when, when one man named Paul started to speak about another man named Jesus the Christ. And Rome imploded on itself, not being able to embrace all the multi-gods that they had brought into place. And so how God, the monotheistic Jewish people were the one group but that wasn't God's plan to wipe them all out. It was God's plan to let Israel be a light to the world. And being a light to the world gave Israel a responsibility to be the light to the Gentiles. And so I, I'll, I'll give you more data as we continue to study the Roman Empire. But it has been a, a fabulous thing to learn. Now, verses 3 and 4. Surely... He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowlers and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. In his trust shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Shield and buckler is really good. But I want to talk a little bit about the, the snare of the fowler. Have you ever, have you seen how birds have captured in a net like this? It, it, it breaks your heart, doesn't it, to see that poor bird? But that's a snare. And it didn't show the other side. <laughs> but that's a, that's a picture of a, of a man being caught and ensnared. What are some of the things in life that ensnare us, that keep us from flying and having our freedom? Sin, our own selfishness, our pride. The seven deadly sins, those things, those things will ensnare us. And those are the things that, uh, that 
the Bible says that he would protect us from those things. So, his, hmm, his truth, his shield, and he has a buckler. I'm going to try this again. And we'll see if it works this time. Oh, that's better. Okay. So, as we look at the shield and the buckler, the shield would be that piece of armor or that thing that you could put on your arm and protect your body with. The buckler gave the understanding of the shield and others around you giving protection all around you. And so he is our shield and our buckler. He is our protection and he completely surrounds those who put their trust in him. And so by putting our trust in God, Okay, you guys weren't meant to see the rest of that. <laughs> we begin to understand. Whoa. Okay, I give up. This is going to be one of those nights. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by the day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And so as we think about what God is protecting us from and how he protects us, it, it is... <laughs> I'm going to try this one more time. Can you guys see that? Okay. I'm almost afraid to touch it. So... He is our, that's right, he is our protection. It makes you, makes you wonder if Satan doesn't want to hear this lesson tonight. <laughs> but he is, it tells us that thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Why are we afraid of the dark? Is anybody, well, is anybody in here afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? Give me, give me a couple of reasons. Why are we afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? Yes, sir. The unknown. Can't see. Can't see. Why are we afraid of the dark? Dave? The boogeyman. <laughs> you heard what he said in church? He said the boogeyman. Shame on him. <laughs> the terror by night. It's really amazing. My grandmother would always say, now you be careful what you do now, because what you do in the dark is going to come to the light. And, oh, how true that little lady was. Now, Big Mama was this big. <laughs> Boy, she ruled with an iron fist. Let me tell you what. She walked in the room, and everybody kind of knock it off. Nor the arrow that flies by day, the terror by night, that stalking animal, that, that nocturnal beast that would come after you and take you out. The predator that even in the daytime would come and be a threat to you. This is what he's saying. And he's, the, it's symbolic of those animal things, but symbolic of the, the issues that we deal with when we are facing our enemy, Satan, the devil, the liar, the cheater, the deceiver. That person is who we're dealing with. So what does he say? He talks about the terror by night, 
and also destruction that wastes at noonday. There are dangers in both the nighttime, there's dangers in the daytime. And those things are out to seek, kill, and to destroy us. Now, let's move on to the second section, Psalms 91. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So let's stop there for just a second. According to this scripture, it says that he's my refuge, and even the most high, my hab thy habitation, there shall no evil befall me. Am I reading that right? No evil, Laurie, is going to befall me. Okay? Let's, but let's keep this in context because when you read that and if you take it out of Scripture, and there are many today that take various pieces of Scripture and they will try to paint you a diagram of your life in Christ that is free of hunger, free of want free of disease. There are those that are preaching that if you are a child of God, if you fill with his spirit, you won't be sick. You won't have issues in life. But we know it's a little off because how many of you have had issues in this life? And does it mean that God does not care? No. Doesn't mean he doesn't care. But whatever issue I'm in, be it a horrible situation, he's there with me. Be it that I've undergone and experienced some things that are really tr quite traumatic, he allows others to see in me his deliverance, his peace, his protection. And so it may not always be me, 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 and I won't be free of all the ailments of this life, and we never will be, but it lets me know that there is one that is going to be with me no matter where I go. Now, the Lord establishes a covenant relationship with us. This whole idea of a covenant relationship. I need someone to read Matthew 26, verse 26 and 27. Who's going to read that for me? Who'd like to read? Brian, would you read that? Read it with good diction, clarity, and enunciate with great diction and all that other good stuff. Okay, I gave you enough time by getting you prepped. <laughs> While he's doing that, how many, how many of you remember sword drills? You know, turn, sword drill. You, two people would stand next to each other and say, look up Malachi 3.1. And you stand and read. Sword drill. Yes. Okay. Okay, go ahead and go to the next verse. Verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. There's a new covenant, a new testament. 
that is shared with us, and he's established that with you and I. When we come and we have communion and we have that opportunity to recognize the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is telling us of that covenant relationship that we now have with a God who cannot lie, who is true to his word, and is on my side and is there to protect me and hold me and keep me within that covenant, and I can never be taken away out of that covenant. Isn't God good? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, let's go ahead. Go on. Okay, when, when God made the covenant with Abraham, when God made the covenant with Moses and the children of Israel, he could swear by no other than himself. And that covenant now with Christ is far better than the old covenant. Now, I'm living in a covenant, I'm living in a relationship that I have with the God of heaven, the God of glory, that is unlike what the world can even understand. The world can't understand that I have a personal relationship with the God of the universe and that he knows my thoughts. He, un he saves my tears and he hears every prayer. Wow. That's pretty awesome. He has such love and respect for his created being that because of the sinful condition that man was in, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, delivered to Mary a baby. And that baby, Jesus Christ, came to die. Didn't have to. God could have wiped us all out and started over. But because of that, he is here with us. He has a relationship with us. He dines with me. He sleeps when I'm, he, he doesn't sleep when I'm asleep. <laughs> How many of you had to just stay awake all night because you wanted to? <laughs> just because you wanted to? Watching TV? That, well, you had a reason, but just to say, I'm going to stay up tonight. You start drifting off and dozing off. God never slumbers, never sleeps. Man, when I'm down on myself and not feeling the best in the world, he's ready to say, Michael, Jesus has gone through that before you. Greater is he that is in you now than he that is in the world. Stand up. Be that person in Christ that you need to be. Oh, my goodness. And then I can stand up like Samson and shake myself and the Spirit of God indwells me and fills me and it just pushes me along the way I need to be. Oh, God is awesome. Yes, ma'am. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. An eternal inheritance. I told you last time I, I, I taught, I've got a home in heaven already. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for 
you. Oh, my goodness. It's been prepared for me, moi, for you. I don't know you in French. <laughs> What's you in French? You, anybody knows what you in French is? Moi is me, but I don't know what you is. Moi and you too. <laughs> okay, how about that? The Most High possesses supreme power because he is what? Above all. There is nothing greater than God. You may dream of something. They may come up with, you think TikTok is bad, you ought to meet God. You think the, you think the meta corporation is big, they can't, do, they can't hold nothing to the power of God and the memory of God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And that's what the world is trying to do. They know when you log on to the computer. They know where you go to look on the computer. And they store that information, and they advertise to you. And you know what? Even your smartphone is listening to you. My boss was underneath his house fixing his pipes and said, man, there ought to be some kind of something for all this wet, molding, musty stuff underneath my house. He gets on the internet about three or four hours later, and guess what was on there? An ad for someone to come and treat the mold and the stuff in your house. Now, is that coincident? Or is it someone tracking? <laughs> I bought some equipment online, and every time I go online at the college, ads come up. But the God that we serve, knows all that, and he's got it in a lot better shape. So we ascribe objects of exaltation as being higher, and we are higher in rank, in title, beauty, position, or in intelligence. Even authority is referred to in terms of height, the top-level management, down to the common worker. Heights convey the idea of superiority in power, in strength, and what? Authority. God has all of those now, we also have security by remaining in him. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, one of my favorite verses. For all the promises of God, man, we could stop there and preach till about 9. All the promises of God in him or yea or yes or amen, and in him amen unto the glory of God by who? us. We are the recipients of all the promises of God in him or yea, that's in Christ Jesus, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I bring glory to God when I exercise and I walk in his promises. When he says he'll never leave me and he will never forsake me, when I live by faith in that attitude and in that mindset, I I'm giving glory to God. God is receiving glory when his people worship him. God is receiving glory when his people pray to him. God receives glory when his people are dependent upon him. There are many countries in the world that depend on themselves. 
and they leave God to the side. God said to the people who dealt with the children of Israel, excuse me, the nation of Israel and Abraham, he who curse you, he's going to curse. Whoever blesses Israel, God's going to bless them. America better be very careful that we don't all of a sudden decide to curse Israel. I mean, that is something that will, will reap the whirlwind. Jude 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I love that. To keep you from, how many of you have fallen? <laughs> Did, <laughs> I'm going to pick on Dave because he loves it. <laughs> when you fail, did you get up and go, what was that? Oh, yeah. I, I, I laid there. <laughs> you, you laid. I was hanging on the rafters in my garage. Oh, my God. Kind of like stranded. And I thought, well, this is only a three-foot drop. And I thought, I can drop as long as I drop straight down. And when I let go, I dropped down straight. <laughs> I laid on the floor just to try to feel if I Bless your heart. <laughs> Have you ever fallen? Did you ever get up and go, how did I fall? No. You did? <laughs> but you're very careful. I saw our president trip and fall on something and look back like, what was that that tripped me? <laughs> He's able to keep you from not just falling, but a mindset of destruction. I'm not what I could be if I only had this God is able to keep us from falling pick our attitude up pick our spirit up let us know that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus and not let us fall fall victim to the lies of the evil one he wants you to believe you're nothing Miss Molly he wants you to think poor me I don't know why my husband loves me. My boys even. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just a terrible person. <laughs> God says, no, no, no. You're my child. And being my child, you can't criticize something I own. Think about that. God said, you're mine. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. But Michael Gentry, there's something special about you, boy. And I go, well, thank you, Lord. There's something special about you that I have to reverence what he's doing in my life. Boom, boy, he's, he doesn't want us to fall. Christians ought to be the most productive, influential people in the world. There is something about the Spirit of God that lives within us that is able to bring something out of us that we could never do in and of ourselves. And God says, you are my child. I'm going to bring you up, and I'm going to show the world what I can do to a miserable lost soul. Clean you up, straighten you up, brush your hair back, Fix your spine up and tell you to walk in the fullness of my grace. Oh. <laughs> God is awesome. <laughs> and I'm only halfway and I'm running out of time. Let's see. <laughs> 
keep you from falling, and present, now here's, the, oh, this is going to be a long one, and to present you faultless. But I know Mr. Brown has got issues. But God, through Christ Jesus, will present you faultless. All the stuff that I've done, faultless. The things I've thought about, Lord, faultless. You will present me that way? Yes. Why? Because of Jesus and his redemptive work in your life. Boy, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the devil and his demons, principalities and powers in heavenly places. Incredible stuff. Where are we at now? Okay. And present you faultless before the presence of his glory. <laughs> presence of his glory. And he doesn't say, Miss Laurie. Well, Miss Laurie, come on in. <sighs> With exceeding joy. Here are the people that were at Trinity. God bless. Come on in. Come on into the glory. Come on into the banquet table. He does that with exceeding joy. That Christ's work was not in vain, but that it accomplished, it accomplished, it accomplished what God sent it out to do. Whoa. And so with exceeding joy. We have security by remaining in him. I can keep that joy if I do. God, this is a wonderful story. My daughter, Jennifer, when she was about that size right there, I was on a project, and Angie and the kids came, and they went at the hotel, motel where we were staying. And they'd been swimming all day. And when I got there, Jennifer had the little floaters on her arms. She's about four, five, four, three or four. Because Michael was a little guy. Okay, so yeah, somewhere along in there. She had these floaters on, and when I walked up, <laughs> she said, Daddy, watch me swim. And she pulled them off and jumped in the water. Now, she didn't drown, <laughs> but I'm standing there with my briefcase and some other stuff going, <laughs> and my wife throws our son to one side, and she jumps in and gets her. She was so excited to show me she could swim that 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 she used to help her swim <laughs> was floating in the water and she was at the bottom. <laughs> Daddy, watch me swim. God, watch me do this. Not in your strength, but in mine. God, watch me sing. No, not in your strength, but in mine. Boy, that was really wonderful. No, 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 no. The glory belongs to who? God. Man. Now, in, I need to find out where I'm at. I think we're running behind. <laughs> okay. In verse, pardon me? Seven minutes left? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> and in Psalms 91, verse 11, so let me, 
I must have missed it. Maybe I didn't put it in there. Did we do that one? Yeah, that was a good one. Okay. All right. Psalms 91, verse 11. I'm, I'm going to read it, verse 9 through uh, 13. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. And the whole idea about that habitation, and I'm sorry, but that habitation is a place of dwelling. A place where I can go and feel secure. A place that I can go and I can, and I can find comfort. That place that I can go that I can find refreshment. It says here that, or in this scripture, that, that uh, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, if you remember when, in, in, uh, I believe it was, in, it was in Luke, when Jesus, who was filled with the Spirit, was driven into the wilderness, and thereby he, he underwent the temptations that Satan threw at him. Here's one of the temptations in Matthew, and I want to read this to you, and, and, and we're going to exegete some of this. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, this is Satan talking to Jesus, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thy foot, that thou dash thy foot against a stone. What does the scripture really say? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy way. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest, thy, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. The whole idea here is keep thee in all thy ways. It's showing us that no time in our lives should we be testing God. Throw yourself down. Jump, Jesus. Do it. The angels will take care of you. Never in my life should I say, you know, God will take care of me. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. In all thy ways, Christ did not come to this earth to tempt the Father to do something that Satan was trying to get him to do. We shouldn't allow the deceiver to meddle into the affairs of our life to where we would claim something, do something that would dishonor God to prove, God, if you don't give me a million dollars, guess what? What am I going to do? Is he going to get any praise and glory and honor out of that? God, you better give me a million dollars. What if your child said to you, Dad, give me a million dollars? You'd say, get in line. Or go next door. Or there's a bank on the corner down there. God is not going to share his glory with who? Anybody. So, this, this, so that, that is what we're, we're seeing there. Now, verse 11 and 12 were falsely quoted because the devil left out the words, keep you in all your ways. To test God in this way was not Jesus' way. It was not the way to, of the Savior. God had never promised nor ever given any protection of angels in sinful or and Forbidden ways. 
In the name of Jesus, I claim victory over this and I'm never going to be sick another day in my life. That's dangerous. In the name of Jesus, and then you can put anything in that blank right there. And that's what Satan was trying to get Jesus to do. Bypass the cross. Bypass the suffering. Don't do all of that stuff. Do it this way, the easy way. And you'll receive the glory and honor from me and the rest of the world, Jesus. The world hates us. Pure and simple. I'm sorry. I may have bust your bubble, but <clears throat> I'm going to try to rush three minutes and I'll be done. Believers need to trust God, not test him. John 16, 33, Jesus says this, these things I've spoken unto you that, in you, that in me you might have what? Peace. In the world, you shall have what? Tribulations. He didn't say may, possibly, eh. You shall have tribulation. So that makes me go, oh, tribulations, trials, testings. Stuff that, ooh, it's going to hurt. Things that may disappoint. Things that may break my heart. Things that just make me go, ah. Yeah, I'm going to have some of those things. But then he goes on to say, but be of good cheer. Why? Because what? I have overcome the world. You won't go through it without me, but you'll go through it with me. And I can take you through anything. My best friend back in grade school was Wendell Davis. We were like this. We call ourselves Ace Boon Coons. We even had the same walk. <laughs> Hurry up. All right, now go. Okay. We did everything together. We stood up for each other. But then Shirley Davis came along. Our best friend became the best friend with Shirley. It's like, hey, dude, let's hang out. Nah, dude, I, no, man. <laughs> Gonna go see Shirley. What, what do I mean? So I saw something just kind of. Whatever we have in our lives, Jesus has already overcome that. He was tempted in all things, yet without sin. Didn't mess up. This guy lost his job. It's the picture that I found, and he is distraught. He's having some trials and tribulations right now. And 
his heart's broken because everything that he was holding together has now fallen apart. Are you holding some things together that you're afraid could fall apart? Are you willing to let those things be placed into the hand of Jesus and let him hold them together? Or maybe he wants to pull them apart. And that's the thing we kind of have to rationalize in our minds and in our lives to make sure that we do that. I'm going to close with this. God interjects his response. And this is just beautiful. Because he had set his love upon me. And it's written in the third person. So you can just about place God saying it and the, the psalmist saying it, but, but listen to it. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he had known my name in worship and in praise. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He will deliver us and rescue us. He will protect us. He will answer. He will answer us. He will be with us in trouble, in good times, in bad times, in whatever we're, wherever we're at. He's with us because he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So he's there right there with us. He will satisfy us with a long life. He will show us his salvation. Father God, we thank you so much for this, this night to be able to look into your word. It's just exciting what Jesus did and what he continues to do, his death on the cross for every man, woman, boy, and girl in the whole world today and for time to come. His blood atoning sacrifice washes clean. We thank you for that. We love you and we praise you. Now as we begin to list, list out our prayer requests, Lord, we pray that we can bring glory to your name because we will worship you because of what you're doing in our lives. Whether in the bad things, in the bad or the great or whatever else we're at, Father, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let us all say, let us all say.